podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast and for my sins I am, oh no, I, I've i just realised that I've gone live with this, this is supposed to be one I was going to record and put out tomorrow morning, <laughs> well, <laughs> going to have to go through with it now, it just, it, it just goes to show that watching this game again today and la- well this morning and again this evening to try and do a tactical breakdown has rubbed off me because my execution is as bad as Aston Villa's execution was um, but yeah, we've got 11 people watching and I do apologize. I don't have all my slides ready for this, but this is going to be half the video and I was going to cut in another half a video tomorrow morning. So uh, you're going to get half of what my tactical analysis was and I'm not even going to bother doing the other half now since I'm going live. But uh, I just said I'd pop back on um, because uh, it's been great in the way at me this game yesterday because it was just so bad. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to try and get together. This is something I'm actually going to do for good games, for bad games, and games of note, I think, during the course of the season. I won't do it for every game because it takes up quite a lot of time. But uh, it's interesting to take a look at certain things, maybe, you know, obviously statistical outputs. And I'm going to try and maybe put together one big massive document at the end of the season whereby we, we can take a look at formations, shapes, players that were used and things like that. It's something just I, I wanted to do for myself. Um, so we're going to take a little look at some of the, the um, I suppose, just how we kind of set up yesterday. And some of this is not is not going to be news to anybody, but we're going to look at how the goals were scored or how the goals were conceded, should I say. And there's one or two pieces that I've, I have here that, uh, that I want to go into uh, with regards to spacings, with regards to where players were playing, with regards to um, our powder puff attack or bad attack or, you know, we couldn't lay a glove on people. And a lot of that, I think, is because we just didn't have anybody who was willing to play through the middle yesterday. But we'll get on to that in a moment. And um, this isn't going to be a very long one, guys, maybe about 10, 15 minutes. Um, but I do thank everybody who's tuned in, considering this wasn't supposed to go out live. And this is just supposed to be one I was recording myself. Uh, who have we on, actually? Oh, we've got Hippo Hippo, we've got Biff, we've got Anno Grady, we've got Aurelio, we've got Shane, uh, we've got Sean Green. Excellent. Um, uh, excellent, guys. Thanks so much for, for logging on. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pop up some of some slides that I've put together. And as I say, this is kind of like part one that I was going to look at. I don't even think I'm going to do part two because part two is the really frustrating part. It kind of catalogs some of the horrible areas we were crossing the ball from. And uh, I think I don't want to put everybody through that because uh, it took me about half an hour to put it together uh, this morning and it, it kind of put me in bad form um, so much so I had to walk away from it. So let's take a little look at some of the other things some more easily digestible pieces as well uh, that we can we can uh, maybe look at. So um, this is our match day squad. Our match day squad lined out as such and PremierLeague.com need to get their finger out because uh, they don't have, obviously we've had headshots taken of Diego Carlos, of Camara, of uh, Augustinson, 
but they don't have them uploaded yet, so I couldn't get those. So that's why they are in their previous uh, strip. So we obviously lined out the way we did. Back four with Cash and D. Well, back two, I'm going to call it, because Cash and Dina aren't defenders. Uh, they weren't defenders yesterday. They were so far up the field, and that's okay. I don't think that's their fault. Um, and we kind of lined out like this. Dannings uh, led the line up front. I thought he was exceedingly... Uh, I thought he was... Um, Played himself out of the game yesterday, and we will see why I think so in a moment. Uh, I don't have the screenshots to to show the conclusive proof, but watching the game back again, Danny Ings was everywhere but through the centre where Aston Villa needed him yesterday. He was absolutely everywhere else in the field except for there, and I think that that's a worrying thing, that if we're going to go wide and cross the ball in and we're going to be attacking... um, we're going to be like against a team like Bournemouth. We'll take a look at it in a moment. Against a team like Bournemouth, we we're attacking front post, attacking back post, and we weren't even able to do that. We, you know, well, and balls were just dropping directly into the center of the goals, and they were just being headed out uh, as well. Um, so this is how we how we uh, obviously lined up. Uh, yesterday is no news to anybody else. Jacob Ramsey got the start, uh, and alongside Kamara and McGinn in midfield, we had Leon Bailey wide right, and Philippe Coutinho, contrary to popular belief, Philippe Coutinho lined out lined up wide left, which for me is one of the reasons we're going to look at here in a moment. It completely clogged up everything on our left hand side, especially when we went three, when we went a goal down after three minutes. Um, this is how we finished the team. This is how how the team finished yesterday, and we kind of went this small a bit more narrow. Um, we overcompensated going through the middle. We brought on Watkins and, and we brought on Archer. And this is this is the 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 kind of shape we finished up in uh, towards the end. I left the back four as they were. Um, Dinia was much higher up the field to to Buendia's left for the majority of the game. And the reason that I didn't want to put that up here is because it would have been a spoiler alert for the next heat map uh, piece that we're going to take a look at in a moment. Um. Uh, so what we're looking at next so yeah as we can see here that we had people who came on here yesterday we had Archer came on for oh there's my slide has gone wrong Archer came on for uh, Coutinho Watkins uh, came on for Danny Ings uh, Buendia came on for um, Jacob Ramsey and Luis came on for uh, Kamara. Uh, I just uh, just uh, a, a couple of things here, I suppose. Really, we we get I'll get your comments in a moment. I, I I'll just rattle through these these slides um, for for uh, for posterity's sake uh, at the minute. Um, so this is the average starting position of our of our average positioning of our starting team. The, the, for obvious reasons, I took our starting team's average position because when players are rolling in or rolling out, rolling out, it just confuses it. There's too many bodies uh, showing on the field. But the majority of these players would have played for the, for the bones of sixty minutes. Yes, I know Jacob Ramsey came off and Bundia came on, and actually, to be honest with you, when Bundia came on, we had, he played more centrally again, even alongside where you can see Ings and Coutinho. Um, there on, on the field. So what really stands out to me here, guys, is we attack so like if we're going to be in a situation whereby we want to get the best out of Philippe Coutinho, and I, look, I know I'm going to be criticized for the Coutinho blinkers. I've I've I'm I'm not saying that he had a great game yesterday before anyone gets gets down my throat. What I'm saying here is that. Danny Ings needs to play through the middle. We need a striker that needs to play through the middle. What in the hell are the two of the two boys holding hands for in the middle of the field there? Like you can see them, they're right on top of each other. And that's the way it looked yesterday when we were playing. That's the way it looked. It looked like they were right on top of each other's toes. Dina and Ramsey were there as well. And I'm going to show you something. In, oh, do I have it? I, I, I may not have pop, popped it on the slides. Um, 
but I'll see if I can bring it up and uh, and and show everybody. I might be able to bring it up on screen and show everybody because I don't know. Do I have it in this slide deck here? Um, I don't think I do. Yes, but I will. I will show show the slides individually in a moment. Um, I will show show you some captions individually in a moment. Should I say? So when we look, see all the people there on our left hand side. A lot of our attacks with Dina comes down came down our left hand side. A lot of the attacks in the first half came down the left hand side. Um, and we're right up on top of each other. And when we look at the heat maps that people have, or sorry, we'll take a look at the game stats first and we'll take a look down the heat maps in a moment. But the game stats, actually, I'm just going to run through it. The one that, the one that you want to look at here is accurate crosses. Six accurate crosses out of, what was it, 31, 32? It's a 19% accurate cross rate. Yet we can persist with crossing the ball into the box. It's just not good enough. It is just not good enough. And it's getting my, get my goat up again. But 66 accurate crosses, 19% is not, is, 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 it's just not good. We had 291 passes in the opposition half. They had 66 passes in the opposition's half, and four of those came from four of those came from um from the second goal that they got. I don't know, like I I don't know where to even start with that one. I don't even know where to start with that one. Uh, really frustrating stuff. Really, really frustrating stuff that was. Um, a lot of people pointed to our, our XG last year as saying we had an exceedingly low XG, but we were getting goals. It was bu- getting us out, getting us out of um, out of jail. Well, we had an XG of zero point six six yesterday, which is pretty much. I think that's exactly the same as what a penalty would be uh, over the course of the game. Now, uh, we had fifteen total shots. We had a ton of them from outside the box. I think we'd only four shots from inside the box as well. That was supposed to be in the next part of, of, of the slides that is, that is galling. Um, you know, it's it's for, for me, XG, you guys, for those, those of you who watch the, watch the podcast, I don't put a whole pile of faith in XG, um, but it's there. It's a, it's a quantifiable metric, and I'm going to show it here to you guys because you could have an XG of 0.00001 and still win a game because the goalkeeper could score from a kickoff. Or the goalkeeper could could uh, score score because someone passed the ball back to me, lobs up the field, and he goes in. He could score a hat trick from that, and you probably end up with an xG of zero point zero zero one, and uh, you could still win three 0 So for me, it doesn't like it's not to be all and end all. It just shows you the great the great chances that you've created. But it's it like there's some really frustrating numbers there, really really frustrating numbers there, and the biggest of all is we cross the ball. 32 times uh, do you know what i go so far as and i'll challenge anybody out there and if you can do it tweet it to me did we cross the ball the most times of any premier league team th- this weekend and we still only got six of them on target i don't know i don't know it's it's it's, it's annoying it's annoying anyway Let's take a look at something I think that really curtailed us, specifically in the first half. And it's curtailed us an awful lot last season. Is We've got four heat maps here on the screen. One for Philippe Coutinho, one for Danny Ings, one for uh, Jacob Ramsey, and one for Luca Dean. There is a massive amount of similarity here. Now, I know you're going to be able to pick out heat maps and say that people were in the same position, so on and so forth. But when you put them all together and you look at the one down at the bottom, this goes to show to me, to me, this shows that these guys were passing the ball around amongst each other and they were passing it around just at the edge of the, of the attacking third because obviously Bournemouth had people back. But that to me isn't good enough. That isn't good enough because we know from previous slides that these guys were all standing on top of each other. So we're playing triangles around here and we've no one through the middle. 
Nobody's running through the middle. Nobody's making moves through the middle. Nobody is at that point. Yes, look, if you, if you want to have these two guys, if you want to have Dina and you want to have um, have Jacob Ramsey running through or uh, passing the ball amongst each other, playing triangles here off Coutinho, somebody needs to be getting central. But they, they just weren't. They just weren't at any stage. And that's a big issue because they could just plant their three guys there. Lloyd Kelly looked like, as I said, John Terry, uh, the reincarnate. And, and Mepham looked like, uh, looked like, I'm trying to think, Marcel, I'm trying to think of another good defender, Beresi inside there, because they were just able to head the ball away all day long. Because we know one through the middle. We know one occupying them. And that's really frustrating because you can see here by the, by the heat maps that they just loaded this side of the field with four players in that, that area. Four players, it's what? It's, 45%, 40% of our... It's actually, it's 40% of our outfield team, 4 out of 10. You know, in just one, that's one sliver of, of, of area of the field. I don't know. I don't know. And and, and so, like, it's all well and good to play those little, those little passes amongst each other and then cross the ball in from wide here. Or, is, or what we will see, even when Dini got to, the, got to the end line, you'll see a prime case in the first half whereby we've no one attacking through the centre and we're attacking both posts and we couldn't even do that well. Either, and you can see that they were just set up to clear to clear um clear the ball. But so it's 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 just a small bit frustrating from that point of view. Um, let's take a look at the first goal. So uh, Jefferson Lerma's goal, uh, corner in three minutes. There is, I actually can't discern how the hell. So I don't know if you guys can see my see my pointer on the screen. So I've tried to highlight as many people as I can here. Um, there is like a little bit of kind of switcheroo and magic and all the players mash into one at one stage and then then they just kind of break apart. So I've tried to identify these people as best as I possibly can. Um, John McGinn at the back post again. John McGinn, John McGinn at the back post again. John McGinn is here. John McGinn ends up out there where the referee is after the ball is crossed in. Um, so John McGinn is there at the back post. We have, since I've started this podcast, day one, John McGinn has defended at the back post and John McGinn has gotten into situations like this whereby people blow past him at the back post. I will never forget Southampton playing and Vestergaard just literally stood in one position and headed the ball in at the back post. Ben Mee did it to him as well. That's a long time ago. But John McGinn is defending the back post as long as I'm doing this podcast and this is a familiar sight. People blowing past him to get get ahead in the ball. No, this man didn't get ahead in the ball. But this man ends up in here causing consternation, creating blocks and blowing people out of the way. And what we can see here is Kanza, Dina and Bailey are all around the man who gets the knockdown of the ball here. Now, he's Kanza's man. He's Kanza's man, most definitely. But there's interference being run here. And Dina and Bailey end up inside here. The guy that McGinn is supposed to be marking comes straight through the middle and uh, causes consternation. Diego Carlos is over here somewhere. I actually don't know where he is. Maybe that's him inside there. Diego Carlos ends up back here where I've written McGinn in the whole thing. I don't know how he gets back there, but somebody, somehow Diego Carlos just jumps out of nowhere and ends up right back here where, where I've written McGinn on the, on, on the page here. Now, the star that I've marked here is where the ball lands to Jefferson Lerma to put it in the back of the net. And we've got Philippe Coutinho who's marking that space and he doesn't move a muscle when the ball lands there. So, like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. When I watch this, now there is a lot of interference, and Bournemouth do a, pre- a de- very, very decent job at creating those blocks. Remember last year at the end of the season, we got a goal and it was chopped off. Was it against Manchester United? I think it was because Ollie Watkins ran interference and ran a block, a blocking run 
to start blocking players. Well, the guy that McGinn is marking here just piles into the middle here and it causes consternation. Now, it's probably not as obvious maybe as, as, as some of the blocking runs we've seen penalised. I don't think this should have been penalised. I want this stuff to happen in the Premier League. I think it's all part of tactics and I think it makes corners a bit more fun. Um, so I'm not getting at that. I don't think this goal should have been ruled out before anybody says starts saying that. I certainly don't. But what happens here isn't good enough. We've got three people marking one person who gets ahead on the ball and knocks it back and Jefferson Lerma sticks it in the back of the net. Now, also, Luca Dean is off the field. Sorry, Luke Dean. I've I've marked Luke Dean there. I don't know why I've got his name down there. I do apologize. Luke Dean was off the field. People say. Actually, let me look back at that again. I can't. I can't show up the 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 video. I'm sure you guys will uh, will understand why because we don't want to get taken off YouTube. So I'm just going to look because I have the video clip taken here, and I just want to take a look at it again. Was Luke Dean off the field? I've seen this said a bazillion times. I'm nearly certain that he's not. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I see number 27 on the field here, guys. Number 27. I'm going to take a screenshot of this. Am I, are my eyes deceiving me? Are my eyes... Oh, where did I put you guys? Are I, my eyes deceiving me? And Luke Dean is number 27, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm right. I'm not, I'm not making that up. Luke Dean is 27, yeah? Okay. So we've seen tons on, on social media. Luke Dean was off the field for the corner. And that may be the case. But Luke Dean wasn't off the field for the corner. That's 27 in the middle of the screen, just beside the play button. Luke Dean was on the field. We had 10 players on the field. Let that sink in. A lot of people were saying Luke Dean was off the field. There was a lot of crap going on. I thought he was off the field. Should I say sorry? Luke Dean might have been off the field for the lead-up. Luke Dean is there when we're defending. Luke Dean wasn't the reason that we, we, we conceded the goal. Maybe, maybe we, we give away the, the, the corner and Luke Dean is off the field. But, lads, we should be able to defend the corner. Luke Dean was there. Luke Dean was on the field for the corner. It's been all over social media. He wasn't. He was off the field when the goal was scored. He's right there. He's right there. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I'm going to remove that again, and I'm going to bring it up. So Dean was inside in the middle there. 
uh, he was in the middle there. And the reason that I got confused there was because Diego Carlos comes out of nowhere and you just don't know where he comes from. I, I'm, I'm not even sure where he is and this, uh, this, this still shot here. And if you watch it back on Villa TV, if you have it, it's it's very very difficult, and it's only when they get when it's all over you get to pinpoint who was who was hot, where was where, and then you try and follow them around. But anyway, it, the goal goes in, and we don't have anybody on the front post, and Jefferson Norma sticks it in the back of the net. But Luca Dean was there; he was there. We had eleven people in the corner. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse for the goal. It's not a blame for Luca Dean. It's nothing. We conceded that goal because we weren't good enough. That's made me feel even worse. This is supposed to be cathartic, and that's made me feel even worse. Um, anyway, let's move it along. Uh, one time in the, in the first half, one time we get a shot on goal. This is almost directly after uh, after the goal. You guys remember, Ings gets a shot from this position here. Long ball up. Ramsey gets a little flick on, and Ings, Ings gets, the, gets the shot away. What we can see here is this was the precursor. First of all, we can see that the Bournemouth were playing played a beautiful line, number one. And second of all, they play a beautiful beautiful two in the middle of midfield there with Lerma and, uh, and Billings. And Billing, uh, should I say. Ramsey gets behind them, gets the flick on here from a long ball and Ings was in on goal here. He takes it backwards and uh, I think he takes a shot and it goes into the goalkeeper's hands. One of our few shots on target yesterday. But what I'm seeing by this is, remember I mentioned Ings plays through the middle here. He was playing through the middle in this instance here. We were able to get flick ons to him, but we just weren't able to do that. Um, for a lot of periods during the game uh, because he wasn't playing through the middle. But maybe playing somebody further, somebody more rigidly through the middle is, 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 going, to be a, um, is going to be a ticket, a ticket to the top for Aston Villa, right to the top of the league. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to fix this, guys, by the way. <laughs> I have absolutely zero idea how to fix this as well. This is just stuff that I've, I, I, I've, I've looked at um, because I, I'm, I'm not sure that there's... Um, I'm not sure uh, that we have, uh, well, actually, there is one easy way to fix it, I suppose, really. And I just think that we just play play with wingers and we go back to playing 4-2-3-1 um, because we don't have that target man. And if we are going to cross balls in, at least have wingers crossing them in so that we've got our defenders back to help us defend and stop giving away goals like we like we gave away, even though they were from set pieces. Um, right. Let's see here. Uh, let's move move this one on. I just wanted to show that we did play through the middle, albeit very briefly. And this is what Ings is great at, guys. This is what Ings is great at. Look at the line he takes here. He's bang. like This is perfect. He's just been headed on here from Ramsey, and Ings is breaking that offside trap. Look, he's left his man in his wake, and that's what we need to get. We don't need to be piling balls into the box when there's three people set in a line. We need to be pulling, pulling teams forward, even if we have to go long, like, like we did at times against... Leeds and and Manchester United. I think it was Leeds, was it in the in uh, the first game, or was it Man United? We went long at times, and we caused a bit of consternation. If if we have to start going long ball route, I think it's better than just crossing aimlessly when pe- when teams are set. Um, I I I would prefer neither. I would prefer to play through the middle, but it is what it is. Uh, moving on to the next slide here, we have uh, stupid crosses. Uh, yeah, as I say, this is why I was r- trying to record this because I don't have my slides fully finished, but. Luke Dean gets right to the end line here, right to the end line. And I'm presuming that we were supposed to be attacking posts here. We're supposed to be attacking the front post, attacking the back post. And everybody went to the back post. That happens when you're 12. That happens when 
everybody wants to score the goal. That happens when, uh, how do I put it? You know, it's just frustrating because I've, I've denoted here where the ball is and Lloyd Kelly just gets his head in it and knocks it away. But you've got Lloyd Kelly, you've got Coutinho up against Mepham, I think that is here. And I can't remember who that man is over, over there. But everyone else is massively at the back post there or on the penalty spot. And I think, okay, maybe I'm being a bit overly critical with this one. And I have, I had a, more, a, a few more examples of this. I just don't have them on slides uh, at the moment. But there's a couple of more examples like this whereby if we're going to cross the ball and if we're going to have a situation where a fullback gets to the end line, we need people running across defenders. We, don't, we can't have everybody backing back to the back post like this. It just doesn't make any sense. And you don't need to be footballing genius, I think, to figure that one out. But um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I just haven't moved with the times and what I would uh, would expect from crosses and so on. But this to me is, come on, we need to be better than this. We need to move it. And I know it's one isolated incident. I would 100% understand that it's one isolated incident. But there's at least three or four more situations like this. When we're crossing from the right-hand side, even deeper crosses, everybody either moves to the front post or everybody moves to the back post. And once again, it's attacking in three different areas I think we need to get a bit better at, specifically through the centre, left and right, uh, instead of overloading uh, on, on sides because I, I just don't think it's working because when we overload on sides, we cross the ball in and it has to go deep then in that situation, as we can see here. Luke Dean has to cross this deep and even if he crosses this deep, I still, don't, I still think they're really well set up here to defend it because they just plunked three players in the middle of their goal, so it's 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 a bit of it's uh it's a bit of an oxymoron, I suppose, to 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 kind of just pick out one one piece here. And I wish I had more examples, but this is very very um suggestive of how the rest of the game went uh, when we went got to the byline. And, and and I know a lot more of our crosses were from a bit deeper, but it was very much the same here. We were crowding areas. Maybe that's something. Maybe that's a new tactic. I don't know, but uh, as I say, I'm wholly willing to be wrong on this but at the same time our crosses weren't accurate enough as we saw we only, we only had 19% accurate crosses and that to me isn't good enough either um, here we go for the Moore goal right so we set up in such a way whereby they've got a free kick on the left hand side and the free kick comes in here and look at Lloyd Kelly very simple guys Lloyd Kelly is marking Ezri Kanza of the two of them highlighted there Lloyd Kelly just peels off Peels off the back. Watch how simple it is. Just peels off the back. And look, Kanza doesn't see him, doesn't track him, doesn't move with him. Just stands there. Now the ball's gone over his head, but he's no idea where Kelly is. Second, second slide here. Kelly gets to the ball. Kelly's a centre half, lads. Kelly's a centre half. You put any pressure on Lloyd Kelly when he's trying to cross that ball and uh, or you're close enough to him to get pressure on that ball, you should be able to stop him. But look at the gap. There's a 10-yard gap there between himself and Kanza. Now, Kelly does get the ball in, and Kanza, to his, to his uh, credit, gets out there and tries to block the cross, but he's not nowhere near it. And as we know, that cross goes back in towards the back post. And to be honest with you, like Kelly isn't aiming for Kiefer Moore, he just gets it back into an area. And this goes to show about what, what strikers. Danny Ings can't get on this ball that Lloyd, Lloyd uh, Kelly puts back in. Reason being is he's not a striker that plays through the middle very often. He's a striker that likes to roam. Kiefer Moore is a lump who stands in the middle. And I'm not saying that we go and we sign Kiefer Moore, but I think that having horses for courses to change up games might be something that we would look at. So when the ball comes back in here again, we'll see where Kiefer Moore is, just on the penalty spot. He's on the penalty spot, and we have four players around him. Four players around Kiefer Moore, and Kiefer Moore slots it in the bottom corner. 
he would he would not have finished that better with his right or left foot the way he finished it with his head. But we've got four players. Begin under six foot. Bundia under six foot. Kamara just about six foot. Cash just about six foot. Kifumura six foot five. I know it's a transition to play. I know it's a situation where boy players have been dragged around the place once again. But who was marking Keith for Moore and who left Keith for Moore? Six foot five. Cross goes over everybody's head. You know that ball is coming back into the box. You should be looking for the big man. Uh, evidently, four people were looking for the big man. But as we can see here, nobody got to him. And we're 2 0 down with 10 minutes to go and with no hope of coming back. So it's just a, a few simple things that, uh, that, that let the let the side down. Um, I'm not going to even say let the side down because look, there were two set piece moments and, and Bournemouth did well in those two moments. They, they didn't really threaten us apart from that. Slanky had a shot in the first half uh, that Martinez had to get down to. They, they were, they, they, they took their chances and we couldn't even fashion a chance. That's the way it went. But these two situations just show whereby we're, we're, we're lacking that bit of Grab it by grab the bull by the horns, tenacity, specifically when we're defending. And look, just two high balls did us again uh, from a team that are uh, that are admittedly good at set pieces and were in the championship last season. But like this, this still shot here is is quite telling where you've got four people and none of them could get close to Key for more, and none of them are giants either. Like, there was like, who, what was the detail? Who was marking him? Because Kanza lost his man initially. And a centre half crosses a beautiful ball into the into the um, the penalty spot, and then Kiefer Moore gets his head in it. So uh, just frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Um, and uh, once again, I want to kind of put this in behind me because this is one of my more, been one of my more frustrating um, streams today and yesterday. But it's just like specifically now that I've seen that Dina was actually on the field. For, for that corner because I went through a lot of mental turmoil yesterday kind of going oh my god what was he doing off the field that was completely and utterly stupid who let him come off the field for a corner now we can see he was there we have no excuse we just defended it poorly just defended it really poorly and that to me probably even makes it worse in my mind <laughs> anyway anyway guys um oh right sorry I wasn't looking at uh at the at the chats there at all guys i do apologize rod thank you so much um i really appreciate that rod thank you so much you're you're, you're a gentleman and uh and, and i really appreciate that let me look at some of your comments there before i get off because my face is beginning to turn bright red uh at the minute um ba -ba 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 -bum. uh <laughs> yes this should be an easy chat. Chat, chat, tactical analysis. There were no tactics. Good night. Uh, for for parts, it looked like that. We we did have a tactic, but um, as I say, it just wasn't implemented very well, and it certainly didn't. It certainly wasn't the right tactic for the opponents that we were playing. I don't think. Um, where else have we here? Uh, has Gerard lost the dressing room? I I don't know. Don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Um. I probably haven't seen anything to suggest he does. The Ming stuff was a bit silly. Um, I think I think I, I will I will say one thing, and, and as I say, what you get, what I try to do is I try and think of everything independently from everything else. Um, and that doesn't make me. Uh, and sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't. The the Ming's thing was a bit silly. What, what he what he said about Ming's, I don't understand. That was a bit cryptic. I think, um, and I think that's fair to say that everybody would agree the same. I think the the comment that he made about what he said about the Liverpool game being cancelled, that they don't need minutes, they just need we just need a bit more quality. I don't think that was a case of well we need to sack them all off and sign more players. I think that I think that may have been taken out of context. 
And look, once again, if you guys think it wasn't a fight, but not running interference for Steven Gerrard and, and, and trying to make excuses for him or anything. But I think that one was taken out of context. I think it was a case of we had booked this game as a fitness builder. We booked this as a fitness builder for our players um, and for some of the players that, that maybe weren't playing yesterday. And now we don't need it because I don't think fitness was the issue. It was the fact that these guys couldn't execute. And I don't know whether throwing out 11 people maybe that didn't play yesterday was going to really solve the problems that Gerard saw in the field. That's what I took from it initially. Um, so, But look, as I say, I if he goes away and signs three new players of that are world-class, brilliant. Who's, who's going to give out about that? Um, and I know people say he's got to work with what he has, and I 100% agree, but... Hey, put it this way, my car is working fine outside. If someone was to come along and buy me a new a new car, brand new car, straight out of the showroom, I'm not gonna say no because uh because I'm working away with what I have and my car that I have. You know, it's let's be honest to ourselves. If we if we have the money to spend and we go out, we blow we go out, we spend it and and three very good players that could instantly come in and improve us, well then that's a win for everybody, I think. Uh, but personally I don't I think that, that was taken out of context. I think I think it was more so we need to work on what we need to work on to make sure it's better and it's better quality as opposed to getting minutes into the legs. As I say, I could be one hundred percent wrong. I've been known to be wrong more often than I'm right. Um where else are we? Uh sorry there guys, there's a there is um uh, I'm just trying to because I, I know I've spoken a bit and I've kind of covered some of the comments that are there. So I'm just trying to so I'm kind of reading as I'm going down. This doesn't make for very uh, for very good, uh, very good streaming. Uh, 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 where else are we? Um, sorry, guys, this is Jesus. This is awful. Uh, uh, right. Um, I need some actually seriously Villa Van advice. I've made a personal promise to myself. Finished with a tent. I'm having a tattoo laser removed. Am I being a tart? Asks National Treasure Explorers. I don't have any Villa tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. I can't give you advice on this one, but now I kind of feel like dear Deirdre or when it was agony ends. So um, if, so you've made the promise to yourself. So National Treasure Explorers, I think, I think, you know what, you don't have to hold yourself to, like, it's you. It's at the end of the day, you're the arbitrary, um, uh, you're, you're the overseer of, of, of any sanction on this, and you don't have to sanction yourself at all. So essentially, you're the judge and jury and executioner. You don't have to do anything. So at the end of the day, if you made a, if you made a promise to yourself and you end up not wanting to, then don't do it. Uh, I wouldn't remove it. I don't think, like, uh, yeah, listen, see how you feel. That's what I would say. See how you feel. You don't have to do anything. Do you know what? Fuck it. Go ahead and get another one. Get a villa tattoo over that tattoo. That tattoo could be the bad luck tattoo. But if you get another tattoo to cover it up, it's even bigger. A bigger villa tattoo and uh, wherever it is to cover it up. A newer one. Maybe that might be, be good luck. See, I told you I shouldn't give anybody any personal advice. I don't know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> Where else are we? Um... Uh, Biff says get Sangari into play midfield and somehow a striker alas Sangari signed a new contract with PS, PSV today so yeah coming through the doors unfortunately I, I genuinely held out hope that he potentially was somebody that would come in considering that Gerard went to see PSV but alas that does not seem to be the case unless he's going to do Fabian Delphin it 
um, which people have, have said is quite possible as well, but I don't know. <laughs> um, what else have we? Da, da, da. All right. Uh, 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 Pete Tandy says, Andrea Bellotti in a free. Andrea Bellotti has been rumoured to have um, agreed transfers with two teams already this offseason. And first of all, it was Monaco. And then it was Roma, I think, who came in with more money. And I think now he's just waiting. I think he's just bidding wars to see how much money he get. Superb striker. To be honest with you, how AC Milan haven't just just signed him is beyond me, considering he's a Milan fan. And uh, I just thought it was nailed on for him to go to AC Milan, considering their Champions League football. But uh, I don't think we have a chance, a snowball's chance in hell, albeit he does have a fantastic goal-scoring record. But then again, is he what we need? Is he very, he's, he's another player who gets in and around the, the centre-halves, very like Watkins-y, Ings-y type player, but he sticks the ball in the back of the net. So I suppose that does cure all that ails you when you are that type of striker. But um, yeah, he, he was he's, he's certainly a bigger name and somebody that would offer us something up, up front. Uh, albeit we would need to play a little bit different behind him again, just like we need to do with the two strikers that we have. Um, bum, 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 bum. Right. I um, There's a couple of people asking me, should Gerard be fired? I'm not, I'm, I'm not there yet. I, I don't know what to even answer to that question at the minute um, because we're one game into the season. And I think that that's very much cart before the horse uh, situation. But you know, as I say, I'm 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 fence sitting on uh, on that because, as some of you may, may remember, I got twenty Dean Smith in Smith in T-shirts made up, willing to sell them, and then a week later, Dean Smith was sacked. So um, once again, I've been known to be wrong more than I've more than I've been right. So uh, I'm going to stay firmly on the fence from the Gerard point of view. When Paddy's back, he can answer any of those questions for you. Uh, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be Mr. Moderator for that one, for sure. Um, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, oh, this, sorry, I, I'm just going to bring this one up. K, KFWH, thank you for reminding me as well. The stats about Gary Neville and Stephen Gerrard, they're very disingenuous. I Okay, right, there's 35% win ratio. Gary Neville's were over a four-month period, granted. They included Copa del Rey. They included, uh, I think it was Europa League or some um, qualifying stage for some European championship. He actually only won three league games. So I think he had an 18% win rate in the league. Um, yes, over time, he, but he played like second division, third division teams in the Copa del Rey. And he played uh, some very lesser teams in, in some European competition as well to get up to that win ratio. So uh, yes, it's strictly speaking, it's one hundred percent true, but the context of it is that uh, the, that Stephen Gerrard and and Gary Neville have faced very different oppositions during the period of time that they've been in. Now, once again, Gerrard played an over nine month period, and uh, Gary Neville, I think, was over a four month period or five month period. But the strength of opposition, I think, is something there, and that was something that wasn't uh, categorized within the tweet. So, uh, yeah, but still. 35% win ratio for both of them is something that does need to be looked at and, and is not good. Two out of 12 is not good either. Um, I think that's that's fair to say. Right. I am going away, lads. Uh, 126 of you mad things, and this wasn't even supposed to be streamed out live. It was supposed to uh, it was supposed to be for tomorrow morning. I really appreciate every single one of you. Um, and uh, yeah, as I say, this was very much warts and all in the middle. Like, I I, this is a genuine reaction to me finding out that Luka Dean was still on the field uh, to gain confirmation Luka Dean was still on the field for the corner so uh, he, you might have seen uh, might have seen bewilderment in my eyes there and I hope it didn't turn anybody off the podcast but uh, thanks so much everybody K 
give it a like as normal. Really appreciate it. Our my post match one that we did directly after the game yesterday just absolutely blew up, and I appreciate everything you guys do for the podcast. I really, really do. I didn't want to uh, pick a winner of the mug. Don't forget, we have a mug uh, for people who who uh, back the first goal score or guess the first goal score. I never said you'd get it right. I just said that you had to guess who the first goal scorer is, and we will pick somebody at random. We get uh, Paddy's son to pick somebody at random from that list. And uh, we will announce that once Paddy's back. I don't want to do it without Paddy. Um, so thanks very much, everybody, for watching in. Thumbs up if you can on the podcast on, on this stream. Really appreciate it. Go in, enjoy your Sunday evening. And we might be back tomorrow once Paddy's back, uh, back to normal again. And I'd like to get his views on it as well. Thanks so much, everybody. Until next time, keep the faith. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.